get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Hour number two underway here on this Valentine's Day. Jermaine Farrell scheduled to join us coming up. David Smith, Daquan Smith. No relation in hour number three. Join us now on the program. He is the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. It's always a boogie wonderland when we talk with Mike Burnham. Good morning, Michael. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Rick. How about you? Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, you as well. Happy Valentine's Day. And I've been trying to preach to the uh, the gentleman this morning. This is the day they've got to come through, right, Mike? Can't mess around today. Yeah, that's right. You got to go get some flowers. You got to get a nice card and uh, do all that good stuff. And um, yeah, and if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly right. I mean, it's huge. It's a huge day. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, some tech hoopsters and. Uh, Looked a little bit more like themselves, especially offensively. They won a shootout in South Bend on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that amazing. I mean, it was 93 to 87. I mean, how do you feel if you're Notre Dame, you shoot like 54% and score 87 points and lose? Yeah. You know, I mean, but that's what the Hokies do some of their games, too. They shoot the lights out, but they can't get any defense, can't get any stops. And uh, that was pretty much the case uh, Saturday. I mean, Grant Bazzilli went off in the second half. I mean, yeah, you know, he only played like seven minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. He picked up the second foul. He had five points. So literally in like 19 minutes in the second half, he had 25 points. I mean, he was just seeing him another level. And they kept feeding, you know, him the ball down and low in the paint. I mean, Hokies had 40, what did they have, 42, 45, 42 points in the paint. And I think they got 30 of those in the second half. I mean, they just wore Notre Dame out inside. And um, so it's good to see. But, you know, you look at Nate Leshesky. I mean, the guy's been around there for like eight years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he had 33 on their side, too. He, they couldn't stop him. I mean, he was he had six threes himself. So it was a shootout between the two bigs, which was kind of cool to see, fun, good atmosphere. And uh, But they, they had to have the win, and they fortunately got the win and got out of there. Did you foresee Grant Basile having this much of an impact? I mean, I know he had experience in college before, and I know he was highly touted coming here, but he has really lifted the level of his game over the last month or so. Yeah, he has, no doubt about it. I mean, he got off to a great start early in the season. You know, when you think about the first game he played, um, you know, he (laughs) had a heck of a game against Delaware State or whoever it was he played. I think he had 30-some points in that game or 30 points. And so you knew he, just watching him in practice, you knew he could shoot and uh, stretch the floor. I think what held him back a little bit was his defense and that sort of thing. But that's gotten better as well. So, yeah, he can shoot. I mean, two straight games, 33 points. I mean, that's uh, pretty outstanding. I mean, people want to know how you're going to replace Kevi Aluma. And uh, offensively, at least, you know, <laughs> Grant Basile has answered the bell on that one. I mean, he's just been really, really good. How's the uh, the mindset of the team like? I know that BC loss at home was so damaging in a lot of ways. How have they 
you think, just taking on the rest of the season now, do they look at themselves in that same kind of mindset they had last year, right, that they just have to take care of themselves and start pulling together and then get ready for another big run in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, they understand where they are and what's happening and the tough losses that they had and all those sorts of things. And, uh, and the margin of error is very, very small. So, you know, we're leaving for Atlanta here in a few hours and uh, they got to win that game. There's no doubt about it. And then you got those two home games, which will be, you know, difficult because Pitt's had a good year with all the transfers that they've had. And then you got Miami, who dismantled, you know, Carolina last night in Chapel Hill, and uh, they beat the Hokies in Miami, so they're going to be difficult. And so you, you understand. I mean, if you want to get to postseason play, you got to string some wins together and build on them. And um, I think they see the big picture. So it's just a matter of can they do it or not. And uh, we'll find out tomorrow night how good they are at Atlanta. He is the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer, Mike Burnup, joining us on the program. You're number 40 for Mike in the booth. And, you know, the, and I'm not using excuses for them, but they haven't been whole all year. Right? It feels like they haven't been able to have, or at least for the most part, right, with uh, Couture missing so much time and now Maddox being out. I mean, they haven't had that look that they had hoped to have going into the season, right, in terms of having personnel available. Well, that's it, and, and don't forget about Rodney Rice. Rodney I mean, Rice, played yeah. one game, yeah. yeah, one game against Syracuse, and you know he gets back for that, and then two, three days later, he breaks his pinky, so in the shooting hand. So, yeah, it's been difficult to say the least, and not what you expected, uh, because of, from a depth uh, standpoint. But fortunately, you know, Sean Padula has been able to weather the storm. I mean, here he is again. He played forty minutes up there, and had twelve points and five assists. Didn't turn the ball over. So he did a great job of running the point uh, up at Notre Dame, and so and he's been an Iron Man. So that's that's been good to see in that regard because obviously without Ricky uh, or, or without Rice and uh, you know it makes it more difficult and Maddox too. But you know you've gotten really great minutes at MJ Collins. I mean, how about that kid? He yeah, played thirty four, yeah. thirty five minutes. Had those three free throws at the end. I mean, the, the moment's just not too big for OMJ. And so just good to see him come on, come along as well. Um, you know, four of the starters were in double figures, and the one that you expect to be wasn't was Hunter Couture. But, you know, he's trying to guard the other team's best player. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit uh, not what you expected, uh, but everybody deals with injuries or some kind of a right off-the-court issue or whatever. So that's the way it is. Mike, when you look at the league, I mean, I had this question proposed to me yesterday. Um how many teams do you ultimately think? I mean, throw out – I mean, obviously we could have an upset or two in the tournament that could change things. But right now, how deep do you think the league could potentially go in the NCAA? Uh, you mean as far as how many teams yeah, they get just, or how far yeah. they can go? Just uh, at how many teams? How many teams do you think they're going to seriously look at if things don't go awry in the tournament and say a favorite like Virginia or Miami wins it? Um. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think when you look at it, I think uh, the league is just top to bottom. It's probably just a little more parity than it's had. So, I mean, I think when it's all said and done, you know, you're going to get Clemson, Virginia, Pitt, probably Carolina, Carolina State, North Carolina State, Miami, Duke. And I think Wake would be one that's going to have to maybe have a little work left to do as well. So, you know, it just depends on how this last uh, few weeks go and how the ACC tournament goes to who might get in, but I think that, uh, you know, you hate to see stuff like what happened at Virginia, you know, with Duke. I mean, that was a win oh, that they could yeah. have certainly used, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's disappointing that uh, 
you have that situation where the rule's not enforced and well, that's that's all we're going to say on the matter. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't get that. <laughs> that doesn't help Duke much. <laughs> no, no, I feel I, bad for that. But I mean, those are the little things that you just can't count on, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, and I know it. it, it we hang around college basketball a lot, but the, the quality of the of that side of it, the officiating, it continues to go unchecked. I don't understand that situation, how it can happen, and I understand why John Shire's still mad. I really do. I, I know a lot of people are like, hey, Duke's got all the calls all these years, but the bottom line is, I mean, that's just a basic rule they messed up, right? I mean, there's no excuse yeah. for what happened in Charlottesville. No, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, I mean, just <laughs> then the game goes to overtime and they lose. But, I mean, that was a great play that they ran, and the odds of him missing two free throws are, are probably not real good, no, right? I mean, no. he's a really good player, Filipowski. So right. you just hate to see that kind of thing happen, especially late in the game and uh, not unlike the Super Bowl, though, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I want to get your the call take that on was that. made there. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah, see you're a guy that you know your football acumen. I respect so much as a player. You've seen every element of the game. I mean, you and Coach Arians, you know, you know all about. Uh, and I had people arguing with me saying that I was uh, being a whiner about it. But I just, Mike, the problem I have with the whole thing is I'm not questioning whether or not it was a holding call, right? I'm not, and everybody keeps saying, well, the guy said he held him. Okay, well, that doesn't really matter in the context of when it was called. It was the first holding call of the game for the second straight Super Bowl. You had a holding call at the end that really decided the game. People were saying, well, that didn't decide the game. Well, it did because it allowed the Chiefs to run out the clock and kick the game-winning field goal. So, what was your take on that? I mean, if that's the first holding call, when they'd let more egregious holding calls go the entire game, do you throw your flag in that situation? Well, I would say no, but what I say doesn't matter. So, I mean, you know, you could you go back and look at it, and I mean, Mahomes was pressured on the play, and, and the ball was thrown a lot faster than he wanted to, so it was well overthrown. And not all of that was a result of the little hold that was there. Right, so right. I just think you got to swallow the whistle in those case. In that case, there because you knew. I mean, if you you give them the first down, it is it's ball game. They can run the clock out, right? Right. right so right. you'd love to have been able to see. Okay, let's have the greatest Super Bowl maybe ever. Let's let's see what Hurts can do with a minute and forty left on the clock down a field goal. Can he go back down the field and tie it, or maybe get the win? I think that's what everybody was hoping for. Uh, they had to kick the field goal and not had the penalty. But, you know, when you got to run the penalty or run the clock out like that, you know, it's just a tough way to end it. So I'd just like to see a no call there. I mean, we saw so much worse penalties yes. not called during yes. the course of the game. Yes, That's what gets you, you know, with that, that time and clock and situation that's there. I mean, come on, man. No self-awareness whatsoever from the crew. And you're right. That's the thing about it. Everybody keeps saying, well, they kicked a field goal anyway. They Okay, yeah, they kicked a field goal. But there, as you said, there was, what, about a minute and a half left. And yeah. the, you know, So you know that Hurts, the way they were going up and down the field, they would have probably gotten in field goal range at the very least. We'd have had overtime in likelihood, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You talk about a great game. Oh, my gosh. That would have been unreal. But as it stands, you know, you end up with whatever it was, 10, 12, 14 seconds, and each – on a Hail Mary that you can't get 50 yards down the field. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's not the way you want to see it end. No, but. no. No, I'm with you 100%. Uh, well, Coach, I thought you'd be in your car heading down to see Jen, and uh, I was listening to that Friday, <laughs> cracking up. I figured you were on your way down there to see the Gamecock girl. 
are taking in her party. Well, I, I would have loved to. I can't wait to find out how it went. I wonder if any, there are any survivors from her party, uh, knowing how her parties <laughs> go from what I hear. But, you know, we were in Charleston over the weekend, and she's only about an hour and 20 minutes away, she was telling me. So, so I was like, okay, well, you should try to. But she was already making her plans. So, yeah, I want to do that one year. I want to go down there and have her be part of her Super Bowl party. Or be a part of a game day experience that would be fun too that's a great place to watch a game it is it really is it really is columbia a lot like blacksburg she says right in terms of enthusiasm and the way it sets up and things with the tailgating and so forth so i don't know oh yeah and they got that caboose village back there that's one of the coolest things ever and uh yeah they do it upright there's no doubt shane beamer's got them rolling he does he does that's a fun atmosphere well, speaking of football, I mean, we're getting closer now, Mike. Uh, what kind of things are going on right now in the uh, football offices as they prepare for uh, camp number two under Coach Pry? Uh They're weeding out the uh, the men from the boys. <laughs> yeah, of. sure. I mean, uh, the, the early morning workouts, uh, they do at least two a week, I think. And um, uh, they've, been, they've been tough. I mean, they're separating the men from the boys. And uh, uh, they got to get tougher. They got to get bigger, faster, stronger, and understand what it's going to take to win and win consistently. And so they're getting their message across. You know, every morning they have those uh, – well, not every morning, but when they have those 6 a.m. workouts, they're like an hour, hour and a half. And um, yeah, and they're not easy. There's no not really any breaks either. So they're kind of getting the uh, foundation set for the spring. And for some of these guys, it would probably be a relief to get to spring practice as opposed to what they're doing uh, now. <laughs> Um, but you know, the guys are blending in the ones that came in, the transfers are blending in and, uh, people are learning the system and, you know, they're tweaking stuff as you go, but at least the coaches are hands on now. And, um, you know, we're not far from spring break. And then as soon as, as soon as you get back, it's like game on, man. It's got a, I bet you that privately drives coaches crazy though i know they you know you're working them out and then you got to send them away for spring break and you just hope they come back and they haven't compromised everything they've been working toward to get back to get ready for camp oh man i used to hate that it was like because we always went to florida right yeah we're at fort lauderdale we're daytona we're somewhere for spring break every year (laughs) and you think we worked out one day no (laughs) so so when you came back it was like Man, oh man! And you know, back then it was like you were on the quarter system, not the not the semesters. There was like quarters, so you literally had class didn't get out until like the first part of June. So you really came back and almost had like two weeks more of pre spring. Wow! Before spring practice started, it was brutal. Mm. I mean, you would see guys uh, like up chucking a little bit too often. <laughs> it, it was that part was brutal. So yeah, I mean, you hate to see that, but. Uh, uh, you know, maybe nowadays, knowing what you got to look forward to coming back, maybe they'll take it a little bit easier. <laughs> but that's no fun. Yeah, you uh, had some interesting uh, morning runs back then, huh, with the group, right? You guys having to deal oh with that, gosh. the sprints and so forth? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. And if you didn't make the, the times that, like, Claiborne had, man, you had to go back out there every day until you did. That's when they uh, used to have to run that mile in, like, five and a half minutes. Uh. Uh, and those linemen, there was no way. Right. So they were just begging for it to be foggy the next morning. And then you cut the edge of the track, right? <laughs> it's like 
they couldn't see the other end of the track. So you're you're really running down like a 440 becomes a 220. Absolutely, <laughs> you better believe it does. <laughs> Wait a minute, what are, what are those tracks in the dew over there? That's the right. That's right. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I'm pretty bullish on uh, year number two for Coach Pry. I, I just, I don't know. I just got a good vibe. I like what he's done with the roster. I like the fact that this staff's going to have an experience factor to it going into year two. I, I think it's going to be a good thing. I really do. Well, yeah, I do too. I mean, it's uh, they're going to be a lot better. You know, the question is the schedule's better too. So, you know, you got to take care of business early on. You know, pay pay old Dominion back and get a nice win on Purdue before you hit the road. And, you know, try to build some wins and some minimum before you got three of the last four on the road. So uh, I, I definitely think they'll be better. They're going to be better competition at most every spot. And uh, that's what will make the whole team better. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to get more consistent play. You got to take care of the ball. You got to force more turnovers on defense. You got to get something out of special teams. Uh, I mean, you just look at the Super Bowl. How big was that punt return? I mean, oh my goodness. it's the little things that, uh, Amount up, you know. Hertz has the fumble. That was a killer, you know. The scoop and score, the Sunday hop. And then they get a punt return. It's like, and still could have won the game. I mean, just, uh, yeah, you got to do all the little things. And that's stuff that, and clean up the penalties. My goodness, how many games they have more than 10 penalties? I mean, that's just not winning football. So, yeah, a lot, lot to be done and a lot they're, – they're working on it. They'll get it done. Yeah, they will. They will. Well, Mike, listen, I uh, appreciate you. And uh, you say you're heading out to Atlanta later today? Yeah, we're leaving, uh, I don't know, around noon, I think it is. And uh, go down there and play Georgia Tech tomorrow night and, uh, yeah, get ready for the weekend against Pitt. But before we leave, Rick, I did want to say that it was such a uh, yeah. – we were at, um, gosh, at South Bend Friday night and we were at dinner. And I got the word about Jeff Charles. Yes, that was just yes. awful. I mean, they were down at Tulane for their basketball game and just uh, awful how that happened. And, uh, you know, he passes away. and Just sad. I mean, he hired me. I'm not here for right. Jeff Charles. Right. We worked together for five years. And um, just what a great guy, unbelievable family, and um, just feel bad for his wife, Debbie, and Britt, you know, it's just uh, – that was a tough one. That was tough news to hear because I just had talked to him Tuesday for 45 minutes. We stayed in touch um, really yeah, very often. right. And um, right. just hate to see that and hear that. What a great broadcaster he was, uh, man no, oh man. No. And not only Pipes that, and everything. Yeah, and the best guy in the business, right? I mean, yeah. and he was the first guy, Mike, I ever sent a demo tape to while he was still at Tech when I was – Oh, I was, was that right? Yeah, when I was a freshman at Radford. Um, West Durham had said, hey, send this over to Jeff, or Jeff will give you a nice critique. And we always kept in communication the last time we played ECU. And, and, and to hear the situation and how it unfolded, too, I mean, it's just – it was. It was one of those things you hear about, and it's almost like you're just sitting there in disbelief, right? Yeah. When you hear yeah, that. you're known. You are. You I are. mean, he did so much stuff through his career. And <clears throat> before every home game when we used to play them, we'd go down to the – UBE, the University Book Exchange, and he'd, he'd do his pregame show live yeah, down there amongst right. all the students, and Terry Holland would be there. Yeah, it was. we had a great time together. Yeah, no Just, doubt. Just uh, hate that for them. No doubt. Mm. No doubt. Well, well said, my friend, and he'll be missed. His legacy, though, one thing about it, his legacy has been carved out forever, right? I mean, he's going to be one that a standard's going to be held to by everybody else who comes Yeah, after. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And uh, I talked to Debbie last night, and she – Said all the stuff that they're doing, you know, they got tributes everywhere and memorials. They're going to have a 
um, when they do the service, they're going to have a reception at the Menzies Coliseum where they play basketball, and they got a lot of stuff planned for uh, moving forward just to honor Jeff because he did such a great Good. job. Yep, nobody deserves it more, no doubt about it. All right, Mike, well, listen, have a safe trip, man, uh, down to Atlanta. I know you'll come back with a dub, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Good luck this weekend as well. All right, sounds good, Rick. Take care now. All right, brother, take care. Yeah, well said by Mike, as we talked about yesterday with uh, Jeff. And got that news Friday night, and uh, it's, uh, you know, if you never met him, you don't understand what a terrific person Jeff Charles was. And you know, if you heard him, what a great broadcaster he was. Again, he was there. You just heard Mike. He hired Mike and helped get Bill there and was at Tech for five years, voice of the Hokies. And he was everything about East Carolina sports. And every time you interacted with Jeff Charles, you felt like you were the most important person in his life at that time. That's how much of a great communicator he was. And uh, man, oh man, you hear things and those affect you personally. All right, guys like that that – leave you unexpectedly we'll take a break we'll come back more coming up stay with us here on a tuesday whoa time out big dog sports talk is taking a time out now hold wait a minute time out you want to say that one more time without the sarcasm btsd will return in a moment on wrad We're halfway home here on the Valentine's Day Tuesday edition. Thanks to Mike Burnham, Jermaine Farrell, scheduled next. We'll be back. Top of the hour, great stuff from Mike Burnup. Nice tribute to the great Jeff Charles. David Smith, the Radford Hall of Famer. Daquan Smith, Radford University basketball. Quan will be in uh, studio with us coming up, so uh, we're looking forward to that. That'll be at 8:35, following uh, David Smith as we do the Super Bowl wrap up. Joining us now on the program. He is the sports director for WFXR. His name is Jermaine Farrell. Jermaine, how are you? Good morning and happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Well, good morning to you and uh, happy Valentine's Day to you. And I want to wish a special happy Valentine's Day to my wife, Yolanda. She's awesome and such a blessing. So giving her her proper due and this. You know, I love her so much, and she's my ultimate Valentine. And I bet she feels the same way about you, Jermaine. Yes, sir. That's true. <laughs> right, right? I mean, come on. Yes, sir. <laughs> you. Yes, yes, true. It is, it is. And, you know, uh, like I said, just such a blessing. So it's, it's, 
you know, one day at a time, as we say. Have you, uh, I've been trying to warn the dudes, today's the day you have to take care of things, right? I mean, you can't let Valentine's Day slide or you're in trouble, right? That's true. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make it make it happen. If you don't, you will uh, you definitely hear about it. No question about it. <laughs> That's right. You will definitely hear. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta gotta make it happen. <laughs> make it happen, Captain. As you say. But, yeah. You, you you had uh, some Terrence Trent Darby Darby or yeah. I always butcher his name. Yeah, wishing well, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, a little yep. wishing well. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that was late '80s. That song came out, I think, uh, my middle school, junior, well, junior high years. So, yeah, late '80s song. Yeah, it was a good album. I just remember he got yeah. in trouble when he said that he was going to be uh, bigger than Prince. Remember that? No, that wasn't going to happen. No, I mean, not. you know, there, you know, everybody tries to be bigger than someone else, but at the end of the day, there's only one Prince. So yeah, that wasn't yeah. Happen. yeah. Stay away. Stay if, if away. I, right. <laughs> yeah, if I could real quick, I know uh, Mike Burnup was talking about Jeff Charles, and I tell you, I'll, I'll give you my a real quick Jeff Charles story. Um, so you know, back in the day, and I used to love the, the coaches' show. You know, the Bill Dooley show he mm-hmm. did, and and when I first heard his voice, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, like him and Mike Burnup. I didn't realize it was Mike Burnup at the time until obviously you know years later, because you know. Sometimes, you know, you'll catch the show, the radio, and don't realize who the color analyst is. And then, you know, was, you know, years later, I realized, oh, that was Mike Burnup. And I was like, yeah, I, I see why Mike is as great as he is and, and all that. But Jeff, Jeff was so good at what he did. And one neat thing, when we did COVID, we did, uh, I did interviews, I did a Zoom interview with him. Uh, you know, all the, the uh, past voices of Virginia Tech, you know, I interviewed him, and he was there, and and then after that, it was, you know, of course, uh, Bill Roth and, and John Laser. But just hearing his stories and talking about what happened, especially the Peach Bowl year, some of the stories that he told me and then his battle with, with uh, you know, cancer and then, you know, doing the push-up challenge. And, and I always said, hey, you know, I really want to meet you sometime face-to-face. And um, he said, yeah, when I come up and visit Mike, you know, we can link up and, you know, but, yeah, he, he's just so awesome. He'll truly be missed. I mean, a lot of people down in East Carolina, you know, that's all they knew. I mean, he was oh, the voice there absolutely. since 88. And generations of people, I think he, his call is like paint the, the, you can paint this game or paint this something purple or something. You know, he, he had two iconic calls in the Peach Bowl, ironically, against NC State. You know, he called the, you know, the walk-off field goal by Kinzer. Right. In the Peach Bowl, and then of course when they did it, I think it was Jeff Lewis, the quarterback in East Carolina, did the same thing. So he will truly be missed, and awesome, and a blessing. You know, losing his life at seventy, but yeah, I, I, I really have nothing but respect, and really enjoy the chance to spend you know an hour and a half with him on Zoom that one time, and you know something I'll cherish. He was the first guy, Jermaine. I just told the story with Mike. I mean. I was a freshman at Radford, and uh, West Durham said, well, you should go ahead and send, send some stuff over to Jeff Charles over at Virginia Tech. And he was yeah. the first guy to critique anything that I had done and uh, kept a, got, we got to be friends and talked to him just a few weeks ago. He would, uh, we would text back and forth. He would actually listen uh, to the, some of the Radford games and so forth. So it's a, it's a monumental loss uh, for broadcasting, especially for those of us in this region. And his legacy, as Mike said, all these things, all these wonderful things they're doing to pay tribute to him. I mean, his legacy is going to last forever, no doubt about it. 
And, and the thing is, you know, it, he never made it about him. Just no, hearing all these no. stories, and even when when talking with him on the interview, you know, he always wanted to help people. Like he would always help, you know, young aspiring broadcasters, and and would help them and say, hey, you know, here's a tape because. You know, you you know as well as anybody else. There's only so many jobs like to be the voice of a program, and those aren't the easiest jobs to get because someone has to move on and do something else. But those those gigs are just golden, and when you can get one and you know get it through the help of like a Jeff Charles or something like that, truly a blessing. And you're right; he will definitely be missing. You know, I definitely would like to. Personally, you know, we would like to send our thoughts and prayers to his family, friends, and colleagues. Uh, so we just want to do that. Absolutely. His name is Jermaine Farrell, joining us on the program, the sports director for WFXR. And, well, what's your take on the big game? Of course, your network was broadcasting it uh, here locally, WFXR, part of the Fox family. And, uh, Great game, and I want to get your take on the end of it. The call, been a lot of controversy, a lot of heavy debates on uh, the program here with uh, listeners, and Mike Mike kind of held the same position that I did, Jermaine, that there had been a lot of calls that had not been made that were much worse, and then to call it there late that really kind of decided the game. What, what were your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean, you hate to have it that close. I mean, when you look at the play, I mean, you've seen much worse get called that that, that never is called. Would I have called that penalty? No. But, you know, when you kind of force the issue, like when you know Patrick Mahomes threw the ball that way, I think if, if he doesn't throw the ball that direction and maybe the official doesn't really look at it, maybe it's not called. But I think there's even a bigger thing with me. I And, and, and by the law, could they done what they've done? Yes. But, you know, they kind of – led the clock down to just kick a field goal. And to me, I just, I mean, yeah, you score a touchdown, and, yeah, you don't want to leave any time for Philadelphia, but I just think it just kind of cheapens the way the game ended. You know, and I, and I take it one step further, like I said, with the fact they ran the clock out. And the irony is those field goals aren't guaranteed. So just because, I mean, you know, I feel like if you have a chance to score, and maybe this is people who disagree, but, if you have a chance to score, because here's the thing, you know, then your defense, you know, the Super Bowl's on the line, your defense should be able to stop the other team. Because it's always kind of like playing not to, you know, blow the game. But like I said, I mean, field goals aren't guaranteed. And yes, I mean, it's a chip shot, but do you really want to risk it? So I, I probably would have still tried to score. Because they kind of backed it back and took a knee. But I, I still would figure out a way to score, even a touchdown. But, but that's not here nor there. But yeah, it. Gosh, I mean, that's just such a tough call. I, I see both sides of it. But like I said, if I mean, if you're going to call that, you got to call it all the time. But they did, and, you know. And even Bradbury and, and Nick Sirianni, they owned up to it. And Bradbury, see, I grabbed them. You know, I, I did that. And so, you know, it, it, it's one of those situations that will be debated if. If you're wearing the green of the Eagles, then you're like saying, yeah, we got cheated. If you're wearing the red of the Kansas City Chiefs, that was a great call. So, you know, <laughs> in, in a game, you know, we're going to be happy or we're going to be not happy. But it was a great game. I mean, a lot of offense. I mean, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, this is the future of quarterback play. I mean, I think the days of your Tom Brady-type quarterbacks, your drop-back passers are gone. I think if you're a quarterback nowadays in the NFL, you're going to have to have to be athletic. 
And I think a lot of times, you know, in the college game, they kind of – the college – you know, the NFL's kind of adopted some principles from the college game and the fact of being – your quarterbacks have to be athletic and have to have some ability to move around the pocket and escape. And if they have to run for a few yards, they can. And that's where we're going right now. And, you know, Jalen Hurts had a great performance in Patrick Mahomes. So I feel like it was a great Super Bowl. I thought that, yeah, I mean, and no pun intended, but we got our money's worth with it. And, you know, we, we get it in two years. So it'll be right back on WFXR. Fox gets it because they start the new rotation of Super right. Bowl. So right. we're, we're happy to get it again. And, and it's, um, it's a big game. I mean, eyeballs are on. Food is out. I mean, I think they say Super Bowl Sunday, as far as food's concerned, is between that and Thanksgiving are the top two days when the most food is consumed. What was your uh, what's your go to for things like that? What's your go to Super Bowl food, whether now or in the past? What were some things that you made sure well, you had? Well, it was it was tough because I started a fast. You know, I started a, a spiritual fast, so I didn't get a chance to the principles of the Super Bowl food because you know they had you know firehouse subs I, I guess can i mention the company yeah, sure, I probably get sure i don't care it's fine <laughs> they're not a, they're not a <laughs> but yeah and it was just tough so I, I i you know hey i still you know stayed with the fast and but you know if it was just a normal year you know the you know your traditional wings your you know your chips your salsa and all that good stuff and you know and, and good food i mean you know but yeah it, more, more than likely just wings you know, many, many of chicken they have given their life to the consumption <laughs> of football fans across the country. Very true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. So don't hate the bird. The bird is the word. The bird is the word, indeed. Uh, the trashman had it right. Jermaine Farrell joining us on the program. All right, Jermaine, so I'm going to make a statement here. I think Miami is the best team in the ACC. Your thoughts? Wow, I mean that's a that's a strong statement. I mean that you know last night against North Carolina went down to Chapel Hill and did what's expected. The only thing, I mean, there's some candidates. I think you know Jim Laranega. You know, I, was, I mean, and, and he's a Hall of Fame candidate this year. I mean, think about what he's done. I mean, wherever he's gone, he's been successful. He took George Mason to the Final Four. I mean, he did that, and now you know he parlayed that to Miami. He's done such a tremendous job. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, last year they said the ACC was down. But if you think about it, they almost had three teams in the top four. I mean, Miami, you know, you know, Kansas kind of – you know, Miami led against Kansas in the regional final, and they came back and did that. And then, of course, Duke and North Carolina were in the uh, one side of the bracket. But they're so good. I mean, they do it well on offense. They play great defense. If there's one thing I noticed about Miami, and I think this might be an issue down the road, they don't have a lot of size. I mean, they got great guard play, and their guards are tremendous. But down in the paint, they don't they didn't have a lot of size. And it seems like, like North Carolina has been exposed. I mean, you look at this, I, and I, I don't mean to jump off on North Carolina. No, but no, no. There's too much talent on that North Carolina team to be struggling the way they are. Agreed, you know? agreed. You know, we, we look, you know, and, and – you know, I think it's going to be a matter of time when I think the lights switch will flip and then they'll get it going. But, you I mean, you're running out of time now. I mean, you're running, running out of games here. But, uh, yeah, Miami, I mean, I, I think it's it's basically when you say, okay, who are the two best teams in the ACC? I mean, Miami's in the conversation. I think Virginia's in the conversation. 
you know, pits with a surprising year. And so that's kind of where we stand. I mean, Clemson kind of had a little run, and now they've kind of fallen back. But, yeah, Miami is just – they've been on a tremendous roll, and they're going to be a tough out, you know, in the the in the tent, in the big dance. So I wouldn't want to see them on my side of the bracket. But, yeah, they have a potential to get to that Final Four. Lair, Jim Laranega taking a second team to the Final Four. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't think that's too far-fetched. I, I think I would agree with that. If they get hot at the right time, I mean, why not? Why not, Miami? We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. All right, man, listen, uh, what do you got going on this week? You guys are going to be everywhere once again, I know. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot. I mean, obviously, there's a big one Thursday night down in Blacksburg. I mean, you got uh, Duke taking on Virginia Tech. Duke ranked ninth. Virginia Tech ranked 11th. Uh, you know, a battle of top teams in the ACC. And this is, this is a this would be a big one for Virginia Tech. I mean, if they really want to get their – thing rock and rolling, you know, because obviously they got a little payback in their mind because Duke, you know, took it to them a little bit down in Durham, so it's kind of a payback. And this is a good stretch of games coming up for the uh, Virginia Tech women's basketball team. You got Duke, North Carolina, and North Carolina State coming up. So, I mean, they got a little run there. And then, you know, big, and then staying in the New River Valley Thursday, a big one for Radford. I yes, mean, sir. they get a, a third wild card game, you know, on ESPNU. So, you know, things are really popping in the New River Valley and everywhere else. So, yeah. And then, you know, this weekend, you know, state wrestling, high school state wrestling, you know, class one through class three uh, is going to be in uh, Salem. And then we got state uh, swimming. So, yeah, we got to end in the basketball. High school basketball gets going tur- uh, district tournaments this week. And, you know, regionals and state are coming up. So, yeah, we, we're getting busy. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty of basketball season and, Heck, baseball season started. We did some previews of Virginia Tech baseball. So, yeah, it's, it is getting busy, Mr. Watson, I presume. It is, and you guys will have the best coverage anywhere. And we Thank pre- you so much. We, we yeah. appreciate you always. No, nah, appreciate you. Know, like you. I said, David, David and Ryan, tremendous jobs. They do. They're great guys, by the way. They do a great job, and they're just great people like yourself. So it's great to be able to work yeah. with folks like that. Thank you. All right, brother. Listen, have a safe week. Stay safe, and I uh, hope you and your wife have a great day together, and uh, we'll talk again next week. We will definitely do that, sir. You and uh, yours uh, have a happy Valentine's Day. All right, man. There you go. That's Jermaine Farrell, the terrific sports director at WFXR. Good stuff from him all the way around, and a nice tribute as well from him uh, about Jeff Charles. We'll take uh, another break, come back. Let you know what's ahead again in the Power Hour. We remain busy on a Tuesday here on BDST. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll be back. I was listening to the broadcast. I was wondering, what exactly is it? You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk. More BDSD next on WRAD. This is Stan Jones, and you're listening to the Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Coming up in the third segment of our program, hour number three, the Power Hour. 
David Smith, the Raptor University Hall of Famer, will put the wraps on the NFL season, at least the game-playing portion of the season. And Daquan Smith scheduled to be in studio at 835, Radford University Highlander guard. He's leading the team in scoring around 14 points per game. You watch Quan play, you're going to love the way he plays. Fearless, I'll tell you what, the guy, very aggressive personality, very aggressive mindset on the hardwood. And Quan going to come back in. Of course, we got to meet him during the offseason, and you'll enjoy that conversation. Friday. Confirmed earlier, Brent Pry will join us, the head football coach at Virginia Tech. So we're looking forward to that as well. Got a lot going on this weekend, as uh, or this week, as we roll into the post-NFL and football season. As Jermaine pointed out, college baseball season gets underway this week. Softball season is already underway. We're heating up the final couple weeks or so. College basketball regular seasons, mid-majors will be done in a couple weeks. Tournaments in the Big South, first week of March. Radford University has already clinched a bye in terms of not having to play the early day top four seed. They've got that locked up and ready to go, so they know they will be playing on Friday down at Bojangles. Just don't know the opponent nor the time as of yet. And a big one on Thursday, the last of the three nationally televised games as Radford plays host to UNC Asheville. And if Radford wins the game, we'll have a dead heat for first place with two games to play in the Big South. So make your plans to come out and hang out at the Dedman Center on Thursday. Hour three coming up. David Smith will lead it off. We hope you're doing well wherever you might be. You're going to have a 60-degree day. Lots of sunshine here on Valentine's Day. The way God intended. We'll be back. Stay with us with David Smith.